my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are doing so well wherever you are. Today's episode, wait, is today's episode the first episode of the year? I believe it's the second. Yes, it should be the second episode of the year, but I still feel like the year is just getting started because it is. <laughs> so I just want to send you all New Year's blessings. Um, depending, I know some people are actually just starting their new year and now they have had extended vacation. So you are just getting back into the the habit of life. And so welcome back, my loves. And I hope that you had a great break. So today's episode, I'm going to be continuing our winter series. For those of you who are joining me either for the first time or you are starting with the latest episode, but you've missed the last couple, I am doing a four-part series that is going to be focused on helping all of us love addicts get ourselves together for 2024 and to finally break the patterns of all the things that we that may get in the way, all the roadblocks. And so those four series are me months. So there's going to be a series of episodes talking about our relationship with ourselves. We are currently in that month right now. We're going to have a mama month or a mama trauma month where we're going to be talking about mother trauma and family wounds. We're going to be talking about money trauma. So our relationship with money, poverty trauma, um, hoarding, fear, abundance, all that stuff. And then because that directly feeds into how we show up with relationships and what we feel like we are worthy of. And then also our mate month. So in the previous episodes, I've called it man month. Um, But really, it's, it's better to say mate month because I will be talking about a variety of issues related to those we mate with, no matter what their gender is. Um, but there is one episode, there is for sure one episode, if I do not change the topic, that is focused on disconnections within heterosexual partnerships because I feel like there are just some things that are unique when we have these populations of folks who are socialized differently and communicate in different ways that um, need a little bit of attention. So, um, just know that that episode is coming during mate month, but for now today, uh, we are doing our second episode for me month and we have a free guide that is our winter syllabus where I am dropping notes for each of these topics and you can see what is coming ahead of time. So many of you saw this title already about negging, not being normal. So I actually did not learn what negging was until later in my adult life. I was not aware of this term, which is basically when someone will give you backhanded compliments and criticize you in such a sly way 
that if you are not attuned to kindness and love, if you have a background of emotional abuse, neglect, and highly critical parents, caregivers, and folks around you, you will not catch it. And this type of abuse that happens in relationships and all types of relationships, not just romantic and um, friendships and business um, relationships and families, of course, is super successful in helping you doubt yourself and lower your standards and lower your sense of self. And that starts to permeate every single area of your life. So this absolutely leads into love addiction. So we're going to talk about how nagging is a normal. We're going to start talking about how to identify it and talk about next steps to get out of it. So let's go ahead and jump on in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Coastal Maine products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes in your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Coastal Maine continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coastal Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Costa Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit CoastofMaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Okay, so as a reminder, every single mini series that we're doing is culminating with a workshop that is about what the series is discussing. So for me month, I'm discussing how to build a self-romance and feel fulfilled within, which is really important when you are on the receiving end of negging or when this type of mistreatment is really normalized for you is because you usually have a hole in a gap where you do not know how to feel not only feel loved in that area, but also give love to yourself so that when people are systematically hurting you, it is not on your radar. So we're going to be talking about that and a whole lot of other things, including how to nurture and and soothe yourself emotionally when you are triggered, when you're upset, um, learning how to build a life that is built on your own pleasure that makes you feel esteemed, makes you feel happy, makes you feel fulfilled, um, and a list of other things as well. So you can learn about our winter workshop by going to Black Girls Heal slash 2024. And that's where you can download the free guide that I discussed, the syllabus for our time together over the next few months, and then also register for any of the workshops that appeal to you. And I would suggest you do that before the early bird enrollment ends. Our first workshop is on Saturday, January 20th at 10 a.m. CST. 
If you are anywhere in the world, you're able to join um, because it is virtual and you will be able to submit questions ahead of time and you will get a replay um, that you can retain for life to come back and refer to whenever you have questions or need extra support. So let's talk about negging and what negging is. So negging, like I said, is insults and criticisms designed as feedback. So things like, are you really going to wear that dress? Backhanded compliments that can sound like, oh, you actually sounded really good this time. It can look like if someone is downplaying your accomplishments, which can look like disagreeing with the positive things that other people say about you, saying that your accomplishments are not that big of a deal, um, disagreeing with the strengths that you believe that you have for yourself. We got a really public example a few weeks ago when um, Simone Biles husband said that he didn't quite know who she was and also that he um in spite of her major accomplishments and everything that she brings um, that he is the prize and before we get further into why we don't real realize this and where it goes uh what to do about this one of the reasons why something like this can really get go under the radar for a lot of people is when these types of things are happening, the insults and the criticism designed as feedback, the backhanded compliments, the downplaying your accomplishments. A lot of times people with lower self-worth, whether, and it doesn't matter how accomplished, how beautiful, whatever you are, um, how well-loved you are by other people, if you don't feel, if you're not connected to that deep sense of self-worth, um, and it's all external based, you are not going to realize when someone is actively attack attacking it. But one thing that sometimes people will say when these types of things are happening is that they actually either like it or that they're okay with it because they feel like the person who is saying these things to them are keeping them humble. You know, I have people who are really loving and supportive to me all the time. I need some, you know, negative feedback to kind of balance it out to make sure that I'm staying grounded. Or something to the effect of they see the real me behind all the glitz and the glamour or the shine, you know, they see the flaws too. And I really appreciate that. Or maybe they might feel like this person who's really highly critical and insulting and nagging them, that they balance each other out. So they're the positive light in the relationship. And this other person is the, um, you know, the pessimistic one. And so they all work together. But here's the thing, criticism should be constructive. Constructive criticism is what we want. Feedback that actually builds you up, makes you feel happier and prouder. Not feedback that tells you you're not good enough and makes you feel lower until you magically change. You know, it's the difference between a boss who gives you feedback on a presentation and starts off with, you know, you're really amazing. I really appreciate all the points that you made. Um, I really think that the narrative throughout this presentation was great. I really enjoyed the design. And, you know, I don't give presentations, so I don't quite know the feedback that <laughs> a manager will give. But they they are able to balance off this building up before they give you next step to make you better. Next time, make sure you have a little bit more data to support the points that you're making because it would have been really great to see the trajectory that we are going into this, right? That is constructive. That is building you up versus starting off with what your deficits are and leading, leaving it there. Even if they say, I'm saying this for you to, to help improve you, if there's no balance with 
acknowledging and seeing your worth, and especially if this is consistent over time, you will start to believe that there is something wrong with you. You will start to believe that you do have weaknesses and deficits only. You will start to believe that that is really who you are. And again, it does not matter how what starting point you start with, no matter um, how much love, accomplishments, joy, no matter how many affirmations you may tell yourself, be telling yourself in the mirror, if you are not living in a way where you actually believe that you are everything that you say that you are, um, this can happen if you are doing all these things and showing up in all these ways because you are very focused on external validation and, and affirmation, right? So you are very accomplished because you're trying to prove something to other people. You are trying to prove something to the ghosts of your past. You're trying to outrun your insecurities to accumulate enough um, businesses, medals, things, money to make you actually feel good enough and feel secure enough, not realizing that it's not really the external things that are making you feel not good enough that even though, yes, you may be motivated and you may be very ambitious that that's great, but part of that ambition is based in trauma. Part of that ambition is mixed up with your your purpose and the talent and the reason why you're here in this world is mixed up with trauma. And so when you start to lean more into that traumatic response, when people who are not really for you and are really good at projecting their stuff onto you will take that and latch onto that and start to feed that insecurity, which will make you someone who's not really connected to what makes you good, what makes you beautiful, what makes you good enough, you will start to try to prove this person wrong, especially if your whole life you've been really great at proving people wrong. If you've been really great at rising above and performing, you know, performing, putting on masks and doing all these other things, you're not going to realize that there is a wolf that is snuck into your your garden, you know, that this is not a sheep, <laughs> that this is someone who um, actually means you harm and only wants to take and not give. Similar for those of us who may be, um, uh, we know that we are beautiful, but we play into our beauty for outside affirmation and for um, external resources versus taking care of our beauty, taking care of our body for ourselves. So when someone starts to neg and give backhanded compliments on who we are, how we look, how we show up, um, all of those things, whatever our insecurities are, then we will see that as constructive criticism when really it's just emotional or mental abuse. A lot of times when people talk about gaslighting or talk about nagging, they will also say that's gaslighting. But the thing about nagging and why how it can be very subtle is sometimes it, gaslighting is absolutely a form of manipulation, just like nagging is. Nagging is about making you feel less than and smaller to help them have more power and dominance and control over you. Uh, but, but the thing about gaslighting is gaslighting is, though it's subtle, is more overt than nagging. Gaslighting is when someone is challenging your thoughts and your perception of reality. So you left your keys on the counter and they move it. And you're like, I know I left these keys on the counter. And they're like, are you sure? Or, I don't really think so. And so there's a very active back and forth. And it really is to make you question, you know, I didn't say that to the person, even if you have videotape evidence, or if you know word for word what just happened, they are going to talk and spin and manipulate and challenge to get you to start to question your own thought process. Because 
your thoughts is if they can do that, then they can start to, again, have more power and dominance and control over you. So when gaslighting is happening, you are going to be more aware that it is happening, even if it is something that hasn't typically happened to you before because of how crazy making it is. With negging, it can, again, be so slight that you are going to have to try to figure out Is this someone who just tends to speak without a filter? Because there are some people who will just say things and you're like, yo, girl, can you add a little bit of buffer or cushion to that? And it really truly is their personality, but they do have a balance of love and affirmation and care and tenderness towards you. And then there are some people who are just mean and nasty. And negging is one of the tools that they use to dismantle other folks' self-esteem to build themselves up. So why do people that we are in relationships with, again, mostly loving, intimate relationships, why do people neg? So like I said, it's about power and control. It is about putting you in your place and helping them assert dominance over you. And sometimes it can be that outright and intense um, that they are really trying to intimidate you and make you feel as if you are lucky to be in their presence or lucky to um, be getting the feedback from them because they're really here to help you, um, which will make you be more susceptible to their opinions and their thoughts in the future. And sometimes it is very subtle. Either way, the whether or not the power and control dynamic is really overt or not, these people who are negging, they are definitely projecting their own insecurity and putting it onto you. The way that they feel the most esteemed is to bring someone down who is more accomplished, more beautiful, more successful, more loved, more attended to, more cared for. And because they do not feel those things, they are going to challenge, insult, criticize, demean, um, try to poke holes in and lessen the value of what happens to you so that you will come down so that they can feel more exalted, so that they can feel as if they are not only in the game, but better than you. And that is all based on their own insecurity. One of the things that I know about Love Addicts, though, is we are so good at looking at and expressing compassion for other people so that when they are actively harming us, and when we hear things like what I'm saying right now about where this, where the roots of this emotional abuse comes from and people who neg, we will hear that and be like, okay, that makes sense. Like you already spent so much time trying to figure out what is the root cause of this person doing this so that you can fix it fix it, fix them or fix yourself or fix the relationship, right? Because you're so attached to um, this connection and it working out that you will hear this and be like, okay, I hear the root cause and you will hear it and want to express more empathy and compassion for them. You might want to find a therapist for them. You may want to go and send them this podcast episode. You may want to like slip in what I'm talking about here until later conversation or just keep it for yourself and just know that, well, the person that I'm talking to is kind of insecure and traumatized. And so I'm just going to keep this in mind when what you really want to do is understand that what I'm telling you is that the brokenness of this person did not start with you and is going to continue after you. That the way that they will run in the world and walk in the world is to systematically dismantle other people. 
And there is nothing that you can do to fix or change that. And I think a lot of time, love addicts and codependents, many of our backgrounds have given us, especially if we were highly parentified, we were groomed to believe that we have more power over adult people and other people than we actually did. That dependent on whether or not we made them happy, we complied, whether or not we were the mediator, whether or not we um, self-abandoned ourselves enough to make room for their needs, that we could martyr ourselves enough to save somebody else. And us, our own personal martyrdom was worth the sacrifice. It is noble even to put ourselves in harm's way for the for the possibility that someone else can be saved. And that is such a horrible and damaging thing to do to a child, a child whose only purpose in this world is our only only job in this world should just be to be here, to be seen, to be celebrated and to be nurtured and grown up to be the best version of of herself, not to be property, not to be a tool, not to be a punching bag, not to be um, a sacrifice for broken people, broken adults, and broken others who refuse to look at themselves and do their own trauma so that they can take care of this little girl, little boy, little person in front of them. So we as adult women hear this type of information and are ready to offer ourselves as tribute, offer our hearts, our bodies, our minds, our souls, our confidence as tribute to try to help this person see the light and no longer need to neg us or neg other people to you know, you're so close to someone who loves you already. All I have to do is to help you see what's going on. And you could be happy and I can be happy. You know, you can choose me. You can grow. You can be better. I can get this magic star on my on my back that show, that proves once again that I'm good enough because I saved somebody else. And my goodness and my love and everything that I bring, I am now validated because this person changed for me. Because they saw the light, I was so amazing. I was so worth it that they stopped being this horrible person or having these horrible qualities um, to become a better person for me. And you know, I'm one of those girls who has that story about how this bad boy just saw the light when they met when they met me, and then they changed. And to be clear, this happens in all relationships. In a room of 100 people, it doesn't matter who you are attracted to. If you have this type of background and abuse and this type, this really interesting mix of low self-esteem and um, normalization, which I'm going to get it to in a minute about why we don't realize this, but it's normal to you when people discredit you or don't love you or take care of you in a way that you deserve um, you will find this person who will do this to you, whether or not, no matter no matter what gender they are, and no matter what the relationship style is. So whether or not it is a romantic partner, whether or not it is a friend, aka a frenemy, whether or not it is a toxic boss or a toxic coworker situation um, that you are connected to, whether or not it is the types of family members that you really want to get that approval and to get them to lay off of you and to just be nice to you. Um, no matter if it's just associates or people in everyday life, you know, the people who trigger you, the people who are on your radar, you know, and, and Walmart, there's a, you go to Walmart all the time and there's all the cashiers who are really nice to you, but you just seem to get really triggered and attached to the one cashier who treats you in this way. That's like kind of biting and mean, and you really want to get them to like you and not be so mean to you all the time. You know, like it happens everywhere. So you offer yourself up as tribute for this, but what you don't realize is that you 
think that you can get someone who literally the definition of negging is that this person does not see value in you, which is why they are trying to dismantle you to control you. So how am I going to go to someone who doesn't even like me and try to coerce and pressure them to change when there's no, they have no reason to have any investment in, in me? And it doesn't matter. And, and, I, and I hate to say this. I know I've been talking a lot about this for the last year and some change, but it's because there's never, unfortunately, there's never enough times that I can say this because there are still women who are in this situation and they are struggling. And I know because y'all send me DMs, because I see your stories. And I know, especially in our community, that this is really prevalent. But there can be someone who's with you for years has children with you, has made commitments to you, and really does not like you. He does not like you. You're a placeholder. Um, you are someone or something that is servicing him or her and their needs. Me sharing these root sources and causes with you is not me giving you information to go back and fix what's going on. It is for me to tell you what is happening here is not normal. And what you're dealing with, no matter what, how many good qualities that they have, this person has already chosen to see you in a certain way. They have made that decision. There is nothing that you can do to to change that um, because it started with them. And it started with them not because you came in in a certain way, y'all had a weird and rocky start or, you know, you weren't your best self. It started this way because of their own sense of low self-esteem, and they had to find a person or a situation to systematically dismantle so that they could feel better. If it wasn't you, it would have been somebody else. This started with them. It did not start with you. And this type of martyrdom happens when, again, we have learned that other relationships are more, or other people are more important than ourselves because we were never shown or taught or allowed to build an intimate relationship and partnership with ourselves. We were never able to build that own internal sense of romance and connection with ourselves. And especially for those of us who identify as love addicts, the idea of love and relationships feels as if it is more real and more enjoyable than a relationship with ourselves. And half of y'all are not going to admit that you believe that, but that's okay. I'll say it out loud for you. So um, you can just know that these thoughts are real um, and also kind of have a challenge to that for you to know that it is possible to change that thought um, or at least to add some more information and to add some alternatives to that. Maybe it's possible to have both without sacrificing yourself. But the way that we get there is to start to believe that we are human beings that are worthy of being celebrated and seen. And I hate to say it again, (laughs) because I feel like I've already said it maybe four times already over the last five minutes, but it doesn't matter what your starting point is. It doesn't matter how bright and shiny you are. You can be the most glowing, celebrated, beautiful person in the world and still not like yourself still feel super insecure, still feel as if there is something fatally wrong with you, still feel not enough. And it is really important that that, if that is your experience, that you get the resources and help that you need to start to build this intimate, loving relationship with yourself. 
We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, as far as the resources here on BGH, you already know that the Recovery School is where I help women with this. Um, but for those of y'all who are not ready to do the Recovery School um, or haven't been able to do that, that is why I'm doing this workshop on January 20th for all of us to start to build this process. We're going to be talking about our traumas. We're going to talk about moving forward. And we're talking about getting over this hump. Okay. So with that said, let's talk about, speaking of trauma, let's talk about some of the reasons why we don't realize when this is happening. So I know I'm probably going to talk a lot about culture or talk a lot about trauma. So let me talk about culturally why negging sometimes gets under, goes on the radar, especially for us as Black people, as Black women. So culturally, playing the dozens is just part of our experience, is just part of our ways of relating as Black people. We can watch stand-up specials. We can watch people who are just shooting the shit um, in friend groups and people who are even new acquaintances and just start capping on each other. <laughs> and we understand that this is a form of bonding. It is a form of endearment. Even when we look at folks who are battle rapping um, and, you know, there is about bravado and ego and all that other stuff, at the end of the day, it is also not only a game, but we understand that this is just part of our rituals as as Black people. And so while some folks take it personal, we also understand that this is just how we talk, you know, and it is a form of endearment when your loved ones make fun of you in, in a lot of family circles, not all, but in a lot of family circles. So if I have a loved one who says, look at you with your big ass head, that can be <laughs> even even in the tone that I said it, right? I'm not saying that to um, say that you're less than, to exclude you, to um, poke fun of you by way of making you feel as if you are othered. But it is because I see, because I see you and because I'm paying so much attention to you and I look at all the details and things that are about you, I am going to highlight this quality about you, but it is in a joking way. 
it is an attempt to build camaraderie and bonding um, and almost like the energy that happens when it is family that is ripping on you, but it's from a place of love. It is for, it's almost like letting, letting you know that I see you, I got you, that I'm here for you. Now come here. You know, that, that kind of energy is how I take it. And I'm sure there's a more eloquent way to say that, but that is just a culturally understood um, everyday experience. Even if, again, if you are not from a family that does that, when you see it, you understand it, right? There's, there's no confusion about it. The difference between paint, playing the dozens, capping, whatever, and negging is negging is not about affection, bonding, camaraderie. Um, so that poking fun is about, again, putting you in your place. It is taking you down a peg. I'm not even sure if this is where it comes from. It probably is. But um, when you combine the word negative and peg, bring, literally bringing you down a peg, negging, you know, taking down your sense of self-esteem and self-worth to make you feel like you are under them, to make it make you feel as if you are not enough and that there is a place that you need to go to or actions you need to take to actually be enough. And the thing about negging is that there is never um, an end to it. There is never a balance to it. There is never that care and love and concern that comes on the other end of it. Even, even if they, it comes in a form of that backhanded compliment, there is nothing on the other end of you that hears in their tone and their delivery or in the other words that they share that they have any personal enjoyment of you as a person. If not, you will get feelings of disgust of annoyance and irritation, um, of pity, of um, just that you're pathetic, that you're an embarrassment, um, that you are lowbrow, uneducated, unevolved, immature, unattractive. And the attention that comes with negging is more piercing, like it's more stabbing when someone says that comment, where when it comes to playing the dozens or poking at you, even if there's like an ouch, like, dang, you really going to talk about my ears like that in front of everybody? There, There is a softness that comes with that too. Not so when it comes to negging. And I just realized um, I might have said, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to edit this podcast uh, fully before I post it. So if I didn't say this and this part isn't edited out, just, you know, chalk it up till you never know what you're going to get. But in case I said pegging instead of negging, my bad, y'all. My bad, y'all. Your girl's over here talking fast. I got a lot of notes over here. So that's one of the reasons why we may not catch it based in culture. Now let's talk about why we may not catch it based in our trauma. So if this is how we have been treated growing up, which I've kind of already talked about before, you don't realize that this amount of criticism is actually emotionally abusive versus it is used to actually make you a better person. So if you had a highly critical, authoritative parent, if you had someone who really uh, scapegoated you or multiple people who scapegoated you, people who actively emotionally neglected you, uh, neglected affirming you, validating you, caring for you, uh, complimenting you, if you had to live a, a lot of your life building your own independence and being your own sense of source of affirmation, care, support, celebration. Um, this is all completely foreign to you. Someone to, talking to you with kindness and with love uh, just because is a language that you don't understand, which is a lot of times why when your therapist or your coach, if you're working with me or someone else 
your best friend talks to you about being kinder to yourself, you're like, what does that even mean? You know, and there might even be a little bit of a revulsion against it because you never had that experience. It may seem like coddling. It may seem literally uncomfortable. You may feel uncomfortable in your stomach, even just thinking about being nicer to yourself, you know, and that is trauma that is stored in your body. So when someone comes and mimics that same amount or that same type of kind of disdain, um, um, disregarding of your value and who you are, this ambivalence of who you are, like they can kind of take you or leave you kind of energy. It is so comfortable and it's so familiar. There are so many people who feel like they have found their soulmate and they will call this type of exchange just it being easy and that it's just simple, but they don't realize that the reason why it feels easy is because they have walked into this emotional abuse trap that has necking as a part of it. And so once all the problems start to become more overt down the road and your self-esteem starts to you start to actually connect like the thing the things that they say all always hit you know there's never been a time that they said something that you weren't like ouch i don't think i like that but you know i'm going to get into the ways that we usually respond but what happens over time is what you could usually ignore at first or just kind of put up with now you really don't like it so now you start fighting back and you're wondering like how did it get here well it's always been here you've always been with someone who could either take you or leave you You've always been with someone who did not see you as a prize or as a treasure or someone worthy of being seen, protected, and valued. And so you're just getting more of what you've always gotten, but your eyes, either your eyes are being more open to it or your internal um, resilience bank that is used to kind of taking this amount of abuse and neglect is starting to feel full. <laughs> And so now you're trying to get rid of it, but really uh, you shouldn't have been receiving this in the first place. So for those of us who maybe didn't have people who were necessarily just purely indifferent and non-attentive to emotionally affirming and taking care of us and being kind to us, but they were very active in the criticism and the way that they talked to us and uh, didn't talk to us, but uh, that they were always there. There was always something that they had to say about us. We are more likely to take, there's two different responses. So the first one is we can be more likely to take this criticism in automatically. Um, it is the defense mechani mechanism that we learned as little girls to just take it in. Don't really examine it. Uh, we have a high tendency to believe it, believe it on face value that this person is saying it because they're just being very matter of fact and because they care. We might not have liked the delivery of it, but it's just what it is. And we could try to use this as our roadmap to become better people and, um, you know, kind of take it into grow or maybe even to prove the other person wrong. But the the point is we are more likely to internalize it and not examine that, huh, maybe someone shouldn't have said this to me. Maybe someone shouldn't be talking to me this way. The other response that people can have when someone is nagging them or saying something that is just insulting to them is they can go use that as motiva motivation to prove them wrong. So use that as motivation to kind of get revenge, to show that I am not who you think I am and I'm going to like rub it in your face and da 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 da. The thing is, the problem with that is one of the same things that I already listed is that this person at their core does not care about you. They, they've already made up their decision, what they believe, and also what they believe has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. 
So you're going to be going on this crusade to create this change to show someone that, um, that who said that you weren't shit, that you were actually the shit. And once you do all that, then what's it going to matter? That person's not going to be like, you know what? I totally regret saying that to you five years ago, five months ago, 20 years ago, because their bitterness and hatred started on the inside of them. They, that, that sense of justification that you're hoping to get from someone who is so disconnected from their self and from reality is never going to be juicy enough. That's why you got to start proving things to yourself. You have to start living for you. You got to start building this romantic, intimate life with you because there's never going to be enough revenge, justification, um, validation, um, apologies from someone else that's going to fix that wound on the inside if that has been your motivation. Because people can only say things that hurt you when you actually believe that it's true. If someone were to call me short, I know that some people have a short person's complex. I am tall. I'm 5'10". I give this example all the time. But let's say um, that person like had their own height complex that they were projecting onto me and they were saying something about me being too short. Like that would not affect me at all. Oh, let me tell you one that actually really did happen. And I think I've also given this example before. I, I remember I was in school and there was a classmate that had a very um, pronounced and interesting nose. And it was a boy, um, a young man. And um, he... He was like, that's why you have a big nose. And baby, I ain't never felt no kind of way about my nose ever in life. I love my nose. I think I got a cute nose. <laughs> There's no insecurity here. And he was expecting me to like cripple and to go home and look in the mirror and like doubt myself. And I just looked at him like he was crazy. Like I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what does that even mean? I just, I think I just even like turned my back. I was like, whatever. What are you talking about? And I just moved on and I could see in his face that he really wanted me to like feel something about it. But my point is no one can make you feel any kind of way if you don't actually believe it. The reason why that person's um, emotional abuse is really getting at you is maybe because you have your own insecurity. So instead of you trying to prove this person wrong for them, maybe you can try to prove yourself right that you are good enough already as you are. Maybe that is a better focus. So, um, so yeah, I just, me personally, I know that there are different personality types that that is like very, um, rejuvenating for them and that is how they work and how they move. And I, and I want you, if you're someone who's like one of those challenge accepted types of folks, I want you to rock with that because that is probably a really great motivating factor for you. I just want you to, I just want you to be clear of when you're doing it for yourself Versus when you're doing it for other people who are never going to care um, what you do or what you don't do. So when this is how we've been treated or how we watch other people be treated, it becomes normal for us. And we learn that we don't leave. You, you, you just stick it out because this is what happens in family. This is what happens in relationships. This is what happens between men and women. This is what happens with Black people. This is what happens... Um, you know, in relationships. This is what happens in friendships sometimes. This is how people give you feedback and grow. You're not always going to like it. So you just have to learn how to deal with it. like whatever setting it, it is. We learn that this is just how, how, how we're supposed to 
we just, we learned that we're supposed to just accept it, right? So the acceptance that this is normal can have different ways that it plays out. Acceptance doesn't just mean that you're laying down and taking it. Acceptance can look like, yes, that you try to ignore it. Yes, it can look like that you just try to tolerate it, that you tell yourself, you know what, I'm not going to let it bother me. But it can also look like fighting back. It can look like when someone says something that's really um, harmful to you, that you tell them you that you don't like it, that you tell them that you don't appreciate it, that you just fight back in response to it fight back in response and stand up for yourself, which on one hand sounds really great. However, no one teaches us, no one has shown us that maybe what we need to do is leave. That maybe the best response for someone who is nagging us, being emotionally abusive towards us, and is dedicated to not seeing the value in us and always has something to say. Whether or not it's an intentional or not, whether or not they're actually trying to have power and dominance over us, or whether or not they're just a horrible and better person that just is like is going to say something about everybody. That is not about pinpointing me or pinpointing you, but it's just how they are. They're always got a criticism somewhere. We learn when we are around this all the time that you stay. And I'm telling you that only people who treat you with love, care, and concern deserve to have access to you. It doesn't matter who they are, how long they've been around you, whether or not you are blood-related, what you have built together. You have only one you. You have only your sense of self-worth and your sense of self-esteem. You are the one who's in charge of your own personal sense of security. And to continue to allow folks who are abusers Again, I think I said in a, in a recent episode, it was probably last week's episode where I talked about, you know, some of these emotional things. And I was like, this is abusive. It feels like a very strong word because we're used to connecting abuse to physical abuse, someone physically hitting you or sexual abuse and sexual assault and trauma. And so these really smaller little things are not really that little. These are the ones that will systematically start to impede your sense of self-worth. So let's talk about how this shows up for those of us who are love addicts when you do not work on this. As a love addict who already has this internal sense of low self-worth and is substituting a person, a relationship, or the fantasy of who you want this person and relationship to be. And when I have the right person, when I have the right relationship, when I have this fantasy life, then I'm going to feel complete. Then I'm going to feel good enough. Then I'm going to feel safe. You are already at a place that you are willing to self-abandon and self-sacrifice and put yourself in harm's way to really attend to getting this happily ever after in this fairy tale and maintaining whatever relationships that you have around you, negotiating with the crumbs that you're being given. Um, saying things to to the effect of this person, like everybody has something, everybody's human, I'm not perfect either, whatever, whatever, relationships are hard, you know, I'll just need to communicate to them, I just need to work on my boundaries. And the more that you have someone who is negging, negging you, they are actively telling you how you're not good enough. So they're feeding into this insecurity that you already have, that I'm not good enough. So that's why I need to find a person or relationship outside of me to feel good enough. And so they're giving you more fodder for the fire. They're they're feeding, they're feeding it of what's wrong with you. And so, you know, 
Again, for those folks who are really accomplished and they're trying to take you down a peg, you are too egotistical. You need to see all the other faults that you have. You know, other people don't know you like I know you. Uh, And, you know, that stuff isn't that, that big of a deal. And when you start to lose the little bits of yourself that you actually liked, right? You already had a little sense of self, but now they start to dismantle all the other things that you actually liked about yourself. You start to lose more of your power. You start to lose more of your sense of identity. And then you start to feel really bad about it. You start to feel really embarrassed about it. And you try to do a lot of self-preservation and you start to hide because you don't want your friends and your loved ones and other people to see um, how much you're being mistreated. You know, for many people, the person who is nagging you, they're not just doing it behind closed doors. They're doing it in front of other people. They're they're doing it um, with an audience because they are so confident in it. And again, they may say it so matter of factly that you just think that they are there they go again. They're just being themselves. You know, they just need to find a filter or do it better or say it in a different way, whatever it may be. Um, but you just learn how to adopt this really bad behavior and um, think that it's a personality difference versus that this is um, unacceptable, right? Even if it is a personality difference, that you get to be in relationships and with people that actually treat you well. And I know that this is so easier said than done, especially for those who have been in long-term partnerships with people and you feel like there is so much at risk. But here's what I've learned from every single woman that has ever DM'd me in this situation. And they're so afraid of what they are risking and what they are losing. What they are going to be losing is active, emotional, verbal, and mental abuse. So I talk about nagging here. I talk about people who you know, disvalue you, but those are just parts. It always comes with other things as well. If it's not currently happening, it will start to happen down the road because you're dealing with someone who does not value you. So these folks who may start off as lightly negging will start to directly tell you what they do not like about you, start to directly tell you that you are annoying, that you are in the way, that you are unattractive, that you are not good enough, that they are not happy here. Um, that they feel miserable and you, because you are already already emotionally attached and you are not attached to your own sense of self-worth and preservation. And you've already really bought into this martyrdom, right? You have, you have lived out the sacrificial martyrdom to its full highest level, right? To where it starts off as like a slow, the martyrdom at first is like, okay, when he says, when he or she says this thing that is hurtful, you know, I'm going to either let it go or I'm going to challenge it, but basically I'm going to stay. Staying is the way that you tolerate this behavior. If someone is consistently, emotionally, mentally, verbally, and of course, physically and sexually and spiritually and financially abusing you and you stay, it does not matter what else you're doing because abuse, abuse is different than Two human beings who have different sets of values and different communication styles and, you know, you're norming, you're storming, and sometimes one person said something that's taken the wrong way or, you know, they have a bad day. You know, there's, there, even though those situations in long-term partnerships are hard and you feel like you don't want to be there and you want to give up, they do not include 
you completely feeling as if you're worthless and a complete dismantling of who you are as a person. They are highly frustrating. It is depressing. It is annoying. It is overwhelming. It is highly stimulating (laughs) and stressful. Um, And I'm trying to use all these words to kind of say like, to not sugarcoat it and be like, oh, well, you know, it's kind of hard over here, but it's not like, no, like when you're in a long-term partnership, you're going to hit those, those real lows and they are actual lows, but you still have yourself. You still have your identity. You still have your self-worth. Hopefully abuse takes that away from you. And again, I've said before, a person does not ever have to lay hands on you to be abusing you. Um, Anything that makes you feel as if you don't deserve to take up space or that you are not enough and that you're a mistake and that they're just tolerating you, um, that's abuse, my love. And you don't have to take it. It doesn't matter how long you have been living with this. It doesn't matter how many people you who gave you feedback about it or saw what you were going through and you defended your relationship or your marriage tooth and nail. You defended your partner tooth and nail. You said people don't understand. It doesn't matter if how much you did that or how long you did it. It doesn't matter if you've cut people off because they just didn't understand. At any time, you get to take your life back. You get to have your own personal awakening. You didn't know what you didn't know. You also probably weren't ready to know what you may start to know now, whether or not it's this episode or maybe other people who are um, speaking into your life. But it takes, here's, here's how we need to understand, or this is why we need to understand that it all comes back to us. The thing about these types of relationships, negging relationships and others that really speak to and play off of our insecurities is that it reaffirms what we actually already believe about ourselves, right? So we already feel like we're not that like we're good, but we're not good enough. So when someone comes in to starts to try to dismantle, downplay, give us backhanded compliments, um, it doesn't register as a red flag because that's what we already feel like we're worth. You know, we don't really see ourselves as someone that should never be treated that way and never be disrespected in that way, which is why it kind of slips through the radar. And so when folks treat us in the way that we feel like we deserve or what we feel like we is possible for us, I think that's a better way to say it for some of us, because I think sometimes that could be really triggering when people say you're being treated in the way that you deserve. Like it feels like the blame is being put on us for other people's bad behavior. Um, So just what we are available for at that time. But to have, to receive a high amount of love, care, compassion, and tenderness, and, you know, just goodness, just because is very scary. It is very scary because you have learned that when good things happen, bad things will follow. That, that karma will balance it out for you, that you'll fall deeply in love with someone and then they will break up with you or, you know, someone will pass away or you'll go into bankruptcy. You know, that there's just something in the atmosphere that is going to take away what you start to hold dear. And so this kind of like this experience that kind of neutralizes the goodness um, where you feel really good, but then you have someone or something that comes in that kind of brings you back down to earth is very um, comfortable for you, or at least better, better where it may be is very familiar to you, which by 
which is what makes it feel comfortable and normal. So when you, so we accept things that are normal to us, but once we start to change how we feel about us and what we feel like we are worth and what our our thoughts and our beliefs and um, value of ourselves is, it starts to change how we show up in the world without around us. It starts to change the expectations and the standards that we have for people naturally. You know, that's why it doesn't matter how many books we read and how many lists we make about what we want from other people. If we don't believe that we're worthy of that ourselves and we, and for us to feel worthy of it, it's more than just saying, I'm worthy of this because we got to get at the roots of why we don't feel worthy of it in the first place. You know, I listed a whole lot of stuff today, y'all. I listed a whole lot of like different examples of trauma. Um, I listed um, many examples of just negative thoughts and beliefs that we can have, but we are all our own unique mix of what that looks like. Uh, And then also how that plays out. You know, one of the things that I do in my recovery school program is I have the different types of traumas that we have. And I say, okay, this is the type of trauma that you have. This is how this is going to show up in your friendships. This is how it's going to show up in your relationships. These are typically the type of relationships that you're going to continue to repeat until you move forward, right? Like we need to literally put all this stuff together so that we can actually move forward. It's not enough just to know, love yourself. It's not enough just to say to raise your standards. We got to clear out what many of you know I call are the the weeds. You know, we're planting all these really amazing seeds that we of what we want to be and what we want to have cultivated in our life. But if we, if we have these weeds of trauma and these weeds of low self-worth and weeds of low self-esteem that are that's choking it out, it doesn't matter how much we plant. You know, some things may sprout and some things may flourish and some things may be crowded out by the negative things that are already there. So we really have to do that internal work. Okay. So internal work is one of those things. I'm going to highlight the workshop and the program that I would recommend for you to do at the end. But while I'm here, the other things that I would recommend for you to do in, in addition to doing your own internal work is also just changing what is your basic standard for the folks that you allow into your life. And so the one I'm going to suggest for you from the very top is that you are only allowing people in your life that care about, are interested in, and are impressed with who you are and your accomplishments. Okay. Meaning that they think it's really cool that you really have this hobby. They think that it's really amazing that you're doing this in your job. They think it's really awesome that you have this special interest. They think that your sense of humor is really endearing and they enjoy it. Basically, whatever commentary they have about your life makes you feel on the inside just from them saying it. That once once they're done with that sentence or or that phrase that they say, that after they are done talking about whatever it is that is special to you, your strengths or how you show up in the world, that you feel happy, that you feel proud and that you have self-worth. Sometimes we will mistake being around someone else. And especially if we have seen a relationship or a person or a fantasy as a prize in our relationship, we can think that being in relation, being in connection to someone that has something or has value that we feel like we don't have, that just being in their company and us feeling like a little bit of um, dopamine and release from being around them, we can think that that signifies the happiness, but no, that is just more of a sign 
that your sense of self-worth is based on the fact that you are in partnership with this person, the fact that you're in friendship or in a business relationship with this person that because I'm connected to them, that must mean that I am really great. No, 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 baby, you, you've already been great. You've always been great. But you're so great that they are lucky to be with you. And you can have that type of confidence without having to shit on people. You can have that type of confidence and that type of inner knowing and fully hold it and celebrate yourself and live in your queendom and live in your goddesshood so that you only have people around you who see that goddess as well. And they're like, yeah, girl, I love that I get to be your friend. I love that I get to be your partner. I love that I'm your mama. I love, you know, I love this person that has been created in front of me. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy to be with you. Like, that's the type of energy that you want. But that starts from the inside. Okay. All right. So with that said, the two ways that I would love to help you get to that place is with our building, your building a self romance and feeling fulfilled within, which is the workshop that I'm hosting on Saturday, January 20th at 10 a.m. CST. You can register for that workshop by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash 2024, because this is how we're starting off our new year, building ourselves. The other option is the option I've been talking about for years, which is how I help women dismantle and heal all the things that I've been talking about here and build the life and relationships that you want, starting with your relationship with yourself. Um, and it is the longer term program that we really go in depth. It is the aftercare, is the continual support. It is me being available to answer any and all questions that you may need. Um, and it is the one that women are in for years and they still come back and get support and love and care and celebration from me, depending on how and when they need it. And that is the recovery school program. So you can learn more about the recovery school by going to therecoveryschool.com and you can enroll. And I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast. I know I've said it in a live, but I've added multiple options for enrollment for the recovery school. So um, the main way that the program has always been has been a group coaching platform. So we come together as a group to support and love each other and build community. And then we have our main curriculum that leads you through all of the things that I've talked about. I'm now at an option that is just curriculum only. So for those of you who want to work through this um, on your own, or you have other outside support that feels good for you, but you still want access to this system and um, plan of action, then you can purchase the program and just have the curriculum. You still get access to all the upgrades, all the bonuses, all the student discounts and everything. Even this workshop that's coming up on the 20th, um, recovery school students get a discount. Um, so that is an option. And then also the other option over the years, I've had people who are like, I, I see the point of the group coaching program because I, I'm very I'm very passionate about the idea that you cannot truly heal an intimacy disorder strictly on your own. And even if you have the most amazing therapist in the world, if you are not actively practicing connecting to other people as part of your treatment and recovery plan, you're going to continue to reinforce this idea that just being with yourself and in your own little bubble is safe. So then when you exit that bubble and you start to engage with other people, those patterns are more likely to repeat. And so, um, so I've had people who are like, I really 
appreciate that and I understand that, but I would really, would really love some more one-on-one time with you. And so there is the VIP option that has one-on-one sessions included as well with your enrollment. And that is those one-on-one sessions are at a discounted price. Then what it would be if you messaged me or went to the website and just booked an individual session on its own um, because it's rolled into the program. So you can enroll in any of those options and get started right now by going to therecoveryschool.com. And yeah, so that's what I got for y'all today. I'm sending y'all so much love. I'm so proud of you. So proud of the work that you have done. Please send this episode to anyone that you feel like may need it. And if you have made it this far and you're someone who needs it, just know that you have been doing your best. You've been doing what you knew was available for you. And again, at any time, you get to change your mind. You get to make a, cha- a, ch- a change and you get to make a choice for you. And um, the only person you need to worry about making proud and saving face for is yourself. So I'm sending you so much love. You got this. And that's it for now. As always, take care of yourselves and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.